Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about our listeners and the insane fun they have at the table together. This is episode 249, Listener's Top 20, 2019 edition. And this is Chris. And this is Anthony. Welcome, listeners, to your episode. We recently reached out to all of you on Facebook and Twitter and BoardGamersAnonymous.com because we wanted your Top 20. This is an episode that we do every year to celebrate all the great games you're getting to the table and spreading the love of board gaming you have out to the community. Hi, everyone. If this segment sounds a little out of place from the episode, it's because I'm recording it on Thanksgiving morning. Anthony and I don't go too much into our personal lives because we really want to give you the most precise information we can about board gaming in the shortest amount of time possible. We know that you have so much going on in your life, and we wanted to make each and every episode a place where you can jump to, learn about the best in gaming, and hopefully make the best purchases possible. But oftentimes, as we're doing that, and as life goes on, we tend to not talk about a lot of the things that are really affecting us, and I know that are affecting a lot of you out there. Recently, a lot of things have happened in the board gaming and in the gaming community at large. And we wanted to take a second to talk about that very so briefly. Again, I know many of our podcast colleagues out there spend a good amount of time talking about their personal lives, and that is very meaningful and important for many of us out there. Here, we don't do that so much, but here on Thanksgiving, we wanted to do a couple of things. First off, we wanted to give thanks for everyone out there who listens. Tens of thousands of you download the episode each and every week, and that is so meaningful for Anthony and I. It takes a lot of time, effort, and in fact, money to put these episodes out, more than you could possibly imagine. For you listening to this episode right now, sharing it with other people, talking about BGA and all the different communities that you reside in, and for those of you who can sponsor us on Patreon, you help us bring you an ad-free episode each and every week, and we are greatly, greatly thankful for that. Now, beyond that, each of us tend to have our own struggles in our lives every day, and oftentimes it may not seem like there are many people out there who care. 
And board gaming has been a fantastic hobby for so many things. A long time ago, someone had said to me that, especially in male friendships, it's almost like a foxhole type of situation where each and every day we battle through life. And it is only in those moments, those quiet moments where we find ourselves stuck with somebody else in a moment doing the same thing that we become friends and share our lives. We hope that this podcast has been that for you, that there's a moment reprieve from the battles that you have in life that you could sit down and share with two friends who do care greatly about you. I'm here in New York City and Anthony is in Pittsburgh and we have so much going on in our lives, much more than we can fill in a podcast. So we wanted to thank you for listening and we wanted to let you know whatever struggles you are facing in your life, you do have friends out there. We have so much love for each and every one of you that we produce these episodes despite the ongoing roller coaster that is our lives. And here I am on Thanksgiving editing the episode for you because even though I may not know you, because that's what we do on Thanksgiving, we share time at the table with family. Thank you one and all. Chris mentioned this at the top of the episode. We ask you guys to help us build our top 20 this year. We do this every year. And also every year we give away a game to those who help us build the list. So if you submitted the form and gave us your name and email address, you were entered into that uh, contest for a chance to win a game. And we already picked the winner because I put the list together last night. And that's Joshua. So thank you, Joshua. I'm going to shoot you an email. You're going to get a game off of this year's list. And thank you to everybody else who participated. We had a ton of entries, something like 390 games were on the total list before I had to tally up all the points for everything. So just a ton, a ton of diversity in all the different games that people are playing and some interesting surprises that we'll share with you guys later. But it was just a lot of fun for me to build that out. All right. So let's get on to the things that are going on with our listeners. Anthony, BGA is going to be at PAX Unplugged. Yay? Well, yay for one of us. Oh, all right. Well, you got to go to Gen Con. That's true. That's true. We're even now. (laughs) (laughs) We got to split the uh, board gaming goodness out there. So for many of you who are in the know, PAX Unplugged will be happening in Philadelphia on December 6th, 7th, and 8th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And one of us from BGA will be there, not to mention our good friend and our podcast associate, Jason, from Every Night of Game Night will be there as well. So right now we're trying to put together some evening dinner meetup for BGA. So if you'd like to come hang out with myself and with Jason and with Anthony by text message at the very least. <laughs> I'll uh, get on speakerphone if you guys want me to. <laughs> definitely check out our Facebook, Twitter. We will post the day, the time, the place that we're getting together We're working out those details right now and trying to figure out the best place to get everyone there. So we will have another episode before, and that's our big episode 250, our top 100 games. So you, of course, will want to listen to that and you'll find out where we'll be during the convention. Now, I will be at the first look section almost the entire time. So if you are looking for someone to game with, I will be there. Please come say hello and sit down and play a game with me because it'll be awesome. All right. Question of the week. We mentioned this last week. We asked everybody, what is your number one game of all time? I know. Yeah, it was, it was a nice open question. And as a result, we had like 171 comments. So we, I think might have broken a record for our question of the week. So congratulations, everybody, for helping us break that record. Obviously, we can't read all of these. 
Uh, and a lot of these people, yeah, well, I mean, we could. That's That would be the whole episode, I guess. <laughs> so. And a lot of you, too. Like, I recognize a lot of names who entered this also submitted in the poll for the contest. So there is some overlap. But it is fun to see not just like, this is my favorite game, but like why and kind of the the reasoning behind it and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. And also, because I am currently, and I'm, Chris, I think you are too, working on rebuilding my top 100 uh, for, you know, haven't looked at it since last year. It's cool to see other people go through similar processes. So that's what we did. We asked everybody, uh, Chris, you jumped in and I think replied to every single one of these because you're insane. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you probably know them better than I do, but uh, I'll read off a few highlights. So we have at the top of the list here, David mentions choosing just one is really hard, but probably for him, Terraforming Mars. I uh, love the game, have all the expansions and refuses to play now without Prelude being included. So I agree. <laughs> that's, a, mm-hmm. that's a high list, high one on the list for me as well. Scott decided to give us three number one games. His best co-op is Spirit Island. His best Euro castles of burgundy and his best game to play in 15 minutes is deep sea adventure all three of those very very good el ray mentions also very hard to pick just one the game he wishes he could play more is agricola but his gaming group his gaming group is more stone age so <laughs> he he loves agricola but doesn't get to play it as much as he'd like Vinny says it depends on the day and his mood so he mentions memoir 44 kemet and arkham horror third edition so all over the place there <laughs> lots of different stuff could see that kind of impacting your mood randy mentions one that i saw on a few lists actually and considering the game has only been out for about a year it was impressive brass birmingham so the updated version of brass is very very popular jumped into a lot of lists we had russian railroads for michael baxter so that's a fantastic game that i absolutely love jesse mentions brew crafters which is a game that just periodically pops up on these lists every now and then and I still never got a chance to play it, but I think it's just cool that this game that like backed on Kickstarter seven years ago still just pops up occasionally like this guy loves it. <laughs> so got to get that played. Alex mentions Raiders of the North Sea with all of its expansions, which I've heard from multiple people like the game's fine, but you throw all the expansions in and it's very, very good. So that's another one I, I need to give a go. Kyle mentions the voyages of Marco Polo or... Marco Polo 2, the service of the con. So somebody's importing stuff from Germany because that game's not out here yet. We've got Dominion, Gloomhaven, Race for the Galaxy, Coliseum. That's a oldie but a goodie. Uh, Talisman with a little bit of dice chucking. Uh, Orleans, Castles of Burgundy, Anachrony. So as you can see, dozens of different games here. And it, I was surprised there was not a ton of overlap in terms of like, especially this list, like the number of different number one games of all time that people shared. So it'll be fun to see if, you know, where we land for you and I next week, if ours change at all or, you know, how we overlap with listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And if you'd like to take a look at the list, it'll still be live and active on our Facebook page on Board Gamers Anonymous. If you haven't added to it, please jump on. I would still really love to see your number one game. And I will absolutely positively, if it pops up on my feed, I will totally respond to that because This has been really a fun list, and I love hearing from everyone about their games. And it's, as you mentioned, Anthony, it's so diverse. I think there was so little crossover. I was really surprised by that. And it was interesting to see how diverse our listeners are about their favorite games. I would always think that it'd be like 
one or two or three games that we talk a lot about or that are big in the industry, but it was a very diverse collection of games. So I'm really glad to see that everyone's enjoying so much of the diversity that we're so fortunate to have with board games. And just really quick to mention, thanks to all the board game designers, producers, and especially artists who bring to life these fantastic mechanics, uh, we wouldn't be here and enjoying these great things and having these wonderful times together without all of you. All right, Anthony, so that was what's going on with our question of the week. But we have something much, much more phenomenal. We have our feature review. So for our feature review this week, we are talking about our 2019 edition of our listeners' top 20 list. Yes, yes. This is, like I mentioned this at the top, this is pared down from 400 some odd games that people submitted. I asked everybody to submit their top 10, and then I crunched a bunch of numbers, assigned a bunch of points, and these are the ones that came out on top as the overwhelming favorites. And in a couple of cases, the overwhelming, overwhelming favorites of everybody who filled out that form for us. So it's fun. It's always fun. And especially because take a look at last year and see, you know, what the difference is. And it gives us a sense of like who's listening, but also like what games are like squeezing their way into the, you know, common rotation of the average gamer out there. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to go through the top 20, starting with number 20. So for our number 20, we have dinosaur island now anthony and i've talked about this quite a bit i backed the kickstarter and always have enjoyed dinosaur island it's just one of those fantastic games that really incorporates the theme from of course jurassic park but also that time and age so it has that late late 80s early 90s kind of aesthetic to it at first when i saw the game on kickstarter i was like no I am totally not buying a game with like crazy fuchsia pink colors and things like this. Got a chance to play our friend Ryan's copy. Loved the game. Went out when they had the next Kickstarter, backed it to the nth degree. Got the slap bracelet because, dude, slap bracelets, man. And really enjoy this fantastic kind of action selection game with some dice rolling, some tableau building. The super expansion is crazy with all the pieces that it comes with. There are some issues as far as if you want to play with all the extra stuff, you really need to play a long game. Otherwise, you never really get to it. But Dinosaur Island with all of the little plastic dinosaurs is really, for me personally, the game that I would have loved to have as a kid. Just having the diversity of dinosaurs and playing out Jurassic Park It's like a kid's dream come true for adults. So that's our number 20, Dinosaur Island. All right, number 19 on the list is Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Twilight Imperium is the biggest, longest, most stressful game that I've played, but it's also one of my favorite games. And it's telling, too, because in the list, this was... It wasn't on a ton of lists, because not everybody has a chance to play this game. It takes 10 or 12 hours to play. But those who listed it had it very highly ranked. And I completely understand that as somebody who is a relatively recent convert to this game and this series. It is epic in scope. It seems more complicated than it is, but there's just so much there to go through. Uh, The game really guides you. It's not combat heavy like a lot of 4X games, but combat matters and you really need to be ready to deal with people coming at you. Very asymmetrical, very focused on these different goals. There is so much here to unpack and so much to play. I could easily play this game like every weekend for the next two years and be happy. 
That is Twilight Imperium, fourth edition. It's a number 19. Number 18 is Rising Sun. This was the spiritual successor to Blood Rage, which may or may not have made this list. We'll find out. But Rising Sun was such, from the start, a phenomenal production. It's all about these different clans battling out in Japan with their single asymmetrical power. And again, when you look at the game, it's dudes on a map, so you're thinking risk. But in fact, it's all about being able to capture certain sections at certain times in order to get all those sections together. Not to mention, you can lose the battle and still win. So a battle actually had multiple steps to it and fun steps. It had a bidding mechanic as far as where you're going to sacrifice your troops, where were you going to move these fantastical, creepy grotesque and ethereal monsters throughout the game and it's just it's it's such a uber epic type of game it plays with a large player count it's a lot of fun it's engaging and interesting on so many different levels it's an eric lang game i mean it's honestly what he tends to do best giant miniatures battling on a board really interesting and, and invasive kind of warfare throughout the game and that's our number 18 rising sun number 17 is lord of the rings the living card game this is a classic of cooperative card games it is one of my favorite card games period i have not all the stuff because it's decently hard to pick up but far more than i ever have time to go through uh and the game really manages to evoke the lord of the rings theme without necessarily just strictly following the stories from the books and the movies although it does that as well if that's what you want so it is it's fantastic to play solo it's great to play with a partner or a friend and it challenges you over and over again and if it doesn't challenge you enough there's a nightmare mode to challenge you even further so that's why it's number 17 on this list that is lord of the rings the living card game number 16 from mind clash games is tricarion now recently they did a super deluxe version of tricarion that came with its expansion and Tricarion is all about magic and putting on his fantastical shows and escapes and just wonderful, imaginative kind of like throwback as in a little bit of a steampunk kind of way. So basically what you're doing here is you're utilizing a standard worker placement game, but it's really souped up because you are going to select cards that are going to program a bit. And then based upon where you place your workers or your different apprentices throughout the board, their abilities and their strength will trigger certain abilities. And they could only go certain places because, you know, it's a certain class of people that can do a certain class of things. And then your magician puts on the show and based upon where they put the show on and what day of the week, it's going to matter. This game has so much wonderful complexity to it and really deep and rich theme but at no point do you ever really feel overwhelmed. That is once you learn the game, which can be a little bit challenging, but I completely understand why this is up here. It's been a fantastic game, and it's our number 16. All right, number 15 on the list is the sci-fi version of Terra Mystica, Gaia Project. Gaia Project came along and completely overhauled what we knew about uh, Terra Mystica by giving us a modular map, changing how the technologies work, getting rid of the priest track and replacing it with something much more interesting. The game is now more modular. It's more uh, incisive in terms of the decisions you make. 
And it really closed off a lot of the concerns people had about the asymmetry that was in Terra Mystica. And that game was eventually to be found to be just not quite fully balanced, depending on what, what you used. Gaia Project is just sleeker, more interesting, more fun, a little bit higher production quality, comes with a fantastic solo mode as well with the Automa. And for me, is one of my favorite, you know, space sci-fi games in a Euro package. Uh, and that's why a lot of people picked it and put it on their list. That's a number 15 game on the listener's top 20 Gaia Project. Number 14 is Marvel Legendary. I remember when this first came out, there was so many deck builders out there, but Marvel Legendary stood out above and beyond any game that I had seen in board gaming at the very least. I remember friends at other tables just taking it on as a project just to sleeve up all the different cards. Now, somebody who grew up a big comic book fan, especially a big Marvel comic book fan, the opportunity to actually build up a team of different Marvel characters to go on these scenarios on the board and fight these baddies. And obviously you could kind of mix and match certain things, put together different teams, put together different baddies. And this really has had legs to it, which honestly is very surprising because there's been so many games out there, but they keep punching out more and more expansions that really cover the entire Marvel universe. It is our number 14 game, Marvel Legendary. Number 13 on this list is Mansions of Madness, second edition. This game has been around for a very long time, but its original version was, at least in modern gaming terms, borderline unplayable. The amount of time it took to set up and how easy it was to make a mistake that influenced the whole three-hour game was to some degree, very maddening. <laughs> the new edition of the game, however, utilizes an app, and this is something that Fantasy Flight has now done in a bunch of their games to streamline all of the bookkeeping, all of the setup, all the little fiddly bits that make it possible to mess up the game, and also remove that element of somebody having to run it and manipulate everything as, we, as they go. The result is a very interesting, very fun, dungeon-crawly-style investigation game with lots and lots of different ways to approach the content. And that's why it's up here on the list. Mansions of Madness, second edition. Number 12 is Paladins of the West Kingdom. Now, in this illustrious series of games that kind of fit this niche from these different designers, Sherm Phillips and S.J. McDonald, Paladins of the West Kingdom kind of perfects their formula here. Now, I've played Architects. I played all of their different versions. And Paladins does something really smart so your own individual player board and being able to build up your army or being able to build up some converts and also kind of like almost like a point salad game there is a number of different ways to go in which you can build up your victory points having the addition of this card deck that will allow you to take special actions or gain special benefits that round is fantastic so if you're going to play any game of this elk Paladins of the West Kingdom is by far the best. Number 11 on the list is Pandemic Legacy Season 1. This is the first game that really nailed the Legacy formula. Now, there's Risk Legacy that came first from Rob Davia, who also worked on Pandemic Legacy, but this one just broke it open in terms of what you could see and experience and do in a board game with a Legacy format. It took Pandemic as its core model and just absolutely tore it apart and did cool things with it. We're still waiting for a game to really do Legacy as well as this one did. It is 
some people argue whether it's like a full board game experience or not, because you can only go through it the one time. Of course, you could do it a second time with another group. But the result is those who do go through it and have the right group end up listing it as one of their favorite gaming experiences. And that's why it's in the top 10 on BGG, as well as very close to the top 10 for our listeners at number 11. That is Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Number 10 is Anachrony. Now, Anachrony came out from Mind Clash Games that has done so many interesting games. We already talked about your carry-on. Anachrony is a time travel game that utilizes almost like a loan mechanic that we're used to in a lot of these different Euro games. So basically, it is the late 26th century and Earth is recovering from this gigantic catastrophe and you need to do everything you can possibly do to kind of you know, prevent this looming threat. So you'll jump back into the past, pick up resources that you need, but if you don't fix the timeline, bad things happen. So once again, a standard worker placement game taken to the next level, especially when you get the miniatures and the expansions that really takes the games to the next level. That's our listeners number 10, Anachrony. Number nine on the listener list is Castles of Burgundy. This is Stefan Feld's biggest hit, most likely, the one that even the staunchest haters of fell games will admit this is okay this is okay game <laughs> so and it happens to be one of the better euro games out there period and so lots and lots of people pick this one up it is very simple mechanic that just works really well you roll two dice you use those dice for any number of actions what numbers are on your dice doesn't matter if it's high or low you need specific numbers and then you manipulate those to build out your tableau chain together these different combos get these different bonuses and ultimately score a whole bunch of points because it is a Stefan Phil game. That is number nine castles of Burgundy. Number eight is tapestry. So Stonemeyer games comes out with yet another winner in this civilization building game. You will be racing down four different tracks to upgrade at tapestry cards and utilize different inventions to score. Of course, the most victory points possible. This game has a phenomenal production here. Beautiful artwork and just great miniatures. And you get to do a little Sudoku puzzle with it on top of everything else. It's big. It's fun. It's tapestry. It's our number eight game. Number seven on the list is Orleans. Orleans is the ultimate bag building game. There's a lot of the games out there that use this mechanic before and especially after this one came out. But this is the one everybody thinks of. You're going to get these different you know, individuals who do different powers and you're going to pull them out of your bag and power them up and send them out to do various things, whether it's in the town or traveling around the countryside. There are several, several different modules to mix up how this game plays. You can make it cooperative. You can make it highly combative. You can mix in different types of people. It's such a clever, interesting mechanic, and the designer keeps working with it and keeps coming up with new ways to revolutionize and rethink his bag building basics. And that's why it's so high up here at number seven on the list. That's Orleans. Number six was my number one last year. That is Spirit Island. It was the co-op game in which you took control of one of the powerful spirits of the island in order to push back the invaders and protect the natives. Each of the different spirits really had some fantastical asymmetrical powers that really brought you back to the table again and again. And you really had to coordinate with other people because you would share special powers that kind of would coordinate together in order to make a lot of fear, 
wipe out a lot of colonization cities and push back the invading colonies. There's so much to talk about this game, the beautiful, interesting, dreamlike artwork here. It's just an, a wonderful, fantastical game. That is Spirit Island. All right. Number five on the list is Viticulture. This is one of the primary worker placement games out there. It's accessible. It's family friendly. It's easy to pull things out and push things in depending on who you're playing with. And it's about making wine. And who doesn't love that? It's from Stonemeyer Games, and it's one of their earlier games. And while it's gone through several iterations to get to the essential edition point that it's at now, that is all the best parts with none of the other bits in the game. It is just one of those perfect accessible worker placement games and that medium weight if you're looking for something to introduce to people who know games but don't know no games. This is a great next step up. So that is number five on the list from the listeners, Viticulture. Number four is another Stolmeyer favorite from way back in the day, Scythe. Now, Scythe has been a phenomenal game in its own right, I remember seeing this game everywhere at Gen Con one year. I got to table everywhere. It had some really great expansions. And especially, and I can't say this enough, Rise of Fenris. It's not the legacy thing you imagined, but it really is an essential expansion. really opens the game up in so many different ways, speeds the game up. If you haven't played Scythe before, check it out with the expansion. I think it's going to change your mind. It really is a modern day classic of board gaming, the wondrous kind of throwback alternate universe steampunk-esque artwork in this game is really what the game is known for, but the mechanics are phenomenal. The different objectives is fantastic. The airships add so much to the game. It really is a, a game in and of itself, and it's wonderful. It's our number four, Scythe. Number three on the list is Gloomhaven. This is the consensus number one game on BGG. And no surprise, it jumps up to number three here on the listeners list. This giant box of board gaming stuff <laughs> took the dungeon crawl uh, groups of games and just turned it all on its head. But, but And not even by changing it too significantly, but by just putting so much content in there, getting rid of dice completely, replacing it with a card-based mechanic that gives people a little more control over how they manage things and how they upgrade things, introducing some legacy light type mechanics where you grow characters and then they retire and you get new characters and you build certain things up and look for different things on this map. Gloomhaven is massive. It is chock full of content. And there are lots of people out there who have finished it and are playing the expansion. And that is insane to me. But it's why it jumps up here to number three on the list on the listeners' top 20, Gloomhaven. Number two is yet another Stonemeyer game. And it's one that has broken so many different records, has reached out to so many different communities that never picked up a board game before, and really has represented the board gaming industry in ways that, to be honest, I never thought was possible. Now, Wingspan is again another game in its own right in another game in its own league and i remember when this game was coming out and looking at it and i just kept saying anthony this this is going to be the thing you need to get this one this is going to be the thing and yet who could possibly imagine how big the game has gotten 
Obviously, it's had a recent expansion. Europe, even the recent European expansion to the game really adds so much more to the game. A couple more mechanics that are essential. I mean, it's wingspan, tableau building, scientific rationale in a board game that is thematic and fun and colorful and beautiful artwork and colorful eggs. And it's got the dice tower that rolls out the different food and the different habitats. I mean, again, thematic gameplay. That's really what you want. Solid, solid mechanics and a game that's accessible for so many people. Challenging, but not complicated. It really is a wonderful creation. Uh, That's number two, Wingspan. And number one on the list, by a mile, (laughs) like by a significant mile, to the point where when I put this list together and a few people submitted stuff down the line, I think 60% of the list had it on there somewhere. And that's Terraforming Mars. So I'm just going to say thank you, listeners, for validating my opinion, because I've been getting in a lot of arguments lately with my friends about how this is still a good game. Terraforming Mars is, it's a tableau builder. It's, you're managing cards. You're trying to put stuff out on a map and score points, but there's just something to it. There's something to that giant stack of cards and the infinite number of possible ways that you could get and build out your tableau. And you don't have to necessarily do the thing the game's telling you to do, or you could be the only person to do the game thing the game's telling you to do by raising the temperature and placing out the oceans, which is usually me, and then I usually lose. <laughs> but <laughs> it just works so well, and it has all its warts and blemishes, and it's not a perfect game, but the par- those things give it charm and make it more interesting for me because it just you never really know what the game's going to be like. You never know how it's going to play. It has a ton of expansions at this point, Some of them are essential, like Prelude. Some of them are less so, like Venus. I don't know where the new one's going to fall. There's a new expansion coming out very, very soon. Uh, It should be shipping in the next month or two. But this continues to be one of the games that hits my table the most and sits as the most played solo game, like big board game that I own, period. So I'll never get rid of it. If they put it on Kickstarter, I will pay whatever to get a fancy version of it. And <laughs> listeners, I salute you for putting it up here at the top of the list. It's it's awesome. It's Terraforming Mars. Yeah, let me jump in there a bit too. I, I mean, for Terraforming Mars to get the number one spot, as you mentioned, Anthony, by such a large margin when there's so many fantastic games out there and despite Terraforming Mars' poor production, I mean, it, it really does say something about the game. And that thing would be, Anthony that people like it (laughs) (laughs) they do they They really do like it they like it a lot i I like the game a lot i picked it up when it first came out of gen con you and i we we bought our copies from our friend Stephen bonacore and you know we raced out to play the game it's gotten so much play our friends have picked it up there are, as you mentioned, numerous expansions, and it seems like it will never actually end until one day when there's a big box version that has a deluxified situation, which I too will purchase once I can get a deluxified version that has a uniform artwork aesthetic, because I would appreciate that, not to mention uh, sliding cubes. But nonetheless, it is a game that has created its own industry of people trying to make the game better and playable (laughs) with all the different inserts and holders and 
doodads. So for that alone, terraforming Mars, our number one for so many wonderful reasons, but most importantly, because it's our listeners, number one. So Anthony, looking back at the list, anything really stand out for you? I, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, and most of these, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. And, and yet there are a couple really new games that a lot of people voted for. So like Paladins of the West Kingdom, that's only been out for two, maybe three months for Kickstarter backers. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see that jump up so high. Uh, although I shouldn't be so surprised. I guess Architects of the West Kingdom is in the top 100 on BGG after one year. And this you know, mm. this is the sequel to that. Uh, Tapestry is another one that's only been out for a couple months. And while it was the hotness of hotnesses, you know, I was a little lukewarm on it personally. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. And it, a lot of people apparently really love it. So those are a couple that jumped out at me. I guess for me, Stolmeyer Games, which is not a surprise. We're a big fan of Jamie Stegmeyer and his wonderful production of games. To see so many of games out there is just great. Obviously, I talked and, and gushed about Wingspan and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth Hargrave's wonderful invention here you know seeing it at so many tables and see how it's kind of crossed over to so many different people who don't board game and to see it here at the number two i mean (laughs) every couple of weeks or so i kind of poke anthony a little bit i'm like hey hey you know where wingspan is in the top 100 huh Uh -huh. (laughs) well currently it's at number 30 so (laughs) i'm really wondering if that is its ceiling, so to speak, or if Wingspan, no pun intended, will kind of just fly far, far above that, and eventually we'll see it in the top 10. But I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, but it's number two on our list, and that's pretty substantial because a lot of the other games here are classic standbys. Uh, obviously, having Mind Clash here with Anachrony and Tricarion, and just a really great diversity of games out there. So, Once again, we're really glad that you're enjoying the diversity of board gaming and all the different games that are out there. It means a lot to us to have you listen, to have you participate. If you didn't get a chance to get involved in this contest or let us know what your top 20 games or your number one game is, please reach out to us. We really would love to hear from you. BoardGamersAnonymous.com. You can reach out to us that way. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You understand how all these things work reach out to us. It makes a big difference. Spread BGA everywhere. Let people know when they post on Facebook or Twitter or on Reddit, let them know you listen to BGA and especially a super big thanks to our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right. So that's everything for this week. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And our listeners will save us a seat at the table. to a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, dedicated to bringing podcasters together for the greater good of gaming. It's sort of like Voltron, but with better lip syncing. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com.